Cody Mitchell, Connor Holiday here. We've done the ACC. We have done the Big Ten. We have done the Big 12. We've done the Pac-12. Connor, it is time for... Don't say They don't have... It just means more, Connor. They don't have that anymore. That is a Big Ten song. Get out of here. That starts this year. Yes. No, don't, don't, don't break my heart like that. I'm breaking your heart. It's CBS is now Big Ten for this whole. I I thought for some reason I thought that was granted. Next they're year. still like I Florida does play Georgia on the on CBS, but I can't remember. Is it this year? So I, maybe we get it. Worst case scenario, we get it one time. Do love the music, it's but awesome. it's no Are longer. Are they going to play that for the Big Ten? Do you know? Yeah, because it's CBS's music. You have to the, change the music. No, you don't. Because you, you do. know what they do when they're doing Mountain West games on CBS Sports? Guess what? They that brings that. it in, too. Really? It's not the SEC. It's CBS. Dude, watching Nebraska and Iowa and that freaking music comes on here, I'm not going to really... It's like, still going to That's just going to look so... It will hit, but I think it's going to take a couple years before it really, really starts to hit. Shout out to CBS, though, for having probably the two best songs. That one and then the March Madness yeah, so iconic too, yeah. and just b- continuously being able to get like the best announcing talent, like in sports. Uh, I don't know about Gary Danielson, but okay, I love Brad Nessler, yeah, and amazing. I love Pleasure. Vern. Like he had a bone to pick with Gary. Just I don't think it's ter- he don't think it's rides Saban's cock so much. It's disgusting. But that's that. I, okay, I'm. It's your your bias come out just a little bit. No, that's not just a, a little bit. That's not a bias. He fucking will have any game, and somehow it comes back to Nick Saban. I think you're just becoming. A I'm not I wrong. think you're showing your age. A I'm not bit. wrong. Age? Like, fuck yeah. you. You're just just. You're I'm just a man. Kidding. I'm forty. <laughs> fuck that's you. you. That's you. Okay. So real quick. I knew this soundboard was gonna be a bad fucking. So real idea. quick, I have finally got us a soundboard, and I am addicted to starting to use it. We have like a new radio. You are going to lead into so many. It's going to get oh, annoying. There's going to be so. There's a, there's a ton of them. Connor, I just want to tell you one thing about you. You're not that guy, You're bro. Not Trust that me. Guy. You're not that guy. Got tons of them. Studio actually it. looks amazing. Got a couple TVs hung up. Nice little recording setup. This actually looks like semi official. Yeah. Maybe we're not the giant, the most big podcast in the world, but at least you got to fake it till you make You know what I mean? We put in the effort as if thousands upon thousands listen to us yeah seriously and if you're somebody that wants to do your own podcast and you want to good start, luck it, it, it's a lot find, of work find a room that doesn't get smoldering hot yeah the summer times are brutal and the winter time is cold but i will tell you just go to goodwill you can get your shit cheap it'll 50 50 buy two of them because one of them's gonna work and you can make this shit happen but connor it's time for it just means more god i hate the you. sec 
go ahead and lead us off here with uh, the rain, two-time reigning national champion. We will get started with the Georgia Bulldogs. Win total, uh, consensus 11.5 on all three books. SEC odds sitting at a minus 105 on FanDuel. To win the East... That's incredible. Here, wait. To win the East, minus 360 on FanDuel. To make it to the playoff, minus 210 on FanDuel. They're plus 200 to not make the playoff. Uh, can the Georgia Bulldogs be the first team to 3 P as national champions since the 1934-1936 Minnesota teams? Should ask Tom about those Minnesota teams. All right, looking at their schedule, starting off the season pretty easy with UT Martin. Then you have Ball State coming. Then you start SEC play with South Carolina coming to town. UAB in between a game at Auburn. Then you're home against Kentucky at Vandy. Neutral site game in Jacksonville against Florida. Uh, home against Mizzou. Home against Ole Miss. And then the vaunted game at Tennessee. And then ending it at Georgia Tech. Uh, so obviously Stetson Bennett gone. Did you know he? So there's currently a battle between Carson Beck and Brock Vandergriff. Uh, both four-star quarterbacks. Uh, Beck was in 2022, and uh, Vandergriff was in 2021. Uh, Vandergriff slightly rated above back, like when you're looking at like where they were at as far as quarterbacks and overall. Uh, Beck appears to have the edge right now from everything that I've seen out of Georgia camp. We'll say the loss of Todd Munkin is going to be huge. He was a lot of the reasons for that offense being as good as it was. Uh, they return a solid running back room headlined by uh, Kendall Milton, who on the season had an average carry of seven yards per carry. Uh, the best tight end in the nation, Brock Bowers, is back after having over 1,000 total yards and 10 touchdowns, 942 yards receiving, and 109 yards rushing. They also return leading wide receivers, Lad McConkey and Marcus Rosme, uh, Jack Saint. Uh, they also added Rara Thomas from Mississippi State and Dominic Lovett in, from Mizzou in the portal. Uh, the O-line only returns three starters, but the way Georgia has been recruiting, expect them to have a lot of talent there. Despite losing several draft picks on defense, don't expect much drop-off uh, as they return several starters at all three levels. And let's just be honest, Kirby Smart's been stockpiling talent in as far as recruits for the last couple years. Uh, Michael Williams looks to be Georgia's next great defensive end. Uh, and the secondary does return three of five starters. So when it comes to the Georgia Bulldogs, what are you thinking, buddy? Do they return more on defense than they did a year ago from the, the team that first won the national title? Yep. And had they, all those draft picks. Yeah, all the guys that are coming in are just plug-and-play guys that are, you expect them to be well. It's a Kirby Smart defensive recruit. They're going to play well. And like with McConkey back and, like you said, Brock Bowers, the best tight end in the country, is back. I expect Carson Beck to probably be better than Setson Bennett. I mean, the fact that he was a Heisman candidate was is still kind of a joke. Like That was one of the, like, what would you call it, like a legacy award? 
Yeah, kind of that, like they do that with uh, certain players because I believe like McCarron was one at mm-hmm. one point, and he take it for what it is. Stetson Bennett was a fine quarterback, but he wasn't by any means good. Mm-hmm. I would you agree? I mean, like he was good. I guess you you would say he was good. He was, I think he owes a lot of credit to the talent that was around him and Todd Munkin. Yeah. But still, I mean, the dude was a walk-on that won two national championships when everybody counted him out. I remember the season before, people were like, well, when are you going to play JT? When are you going to play JT? Because JT was obviously the higher-rated player. But, I mean, Stetson took the job and honestly never really looked back. It's also wild that, like, Stetson's got two natties and uh, JT's at Rice. Yeah. As now. But, look, Carson Beck was... a five-star? Four. four. Four or five? Four. He's a four-star recruit. Like, I have faith that in this system that he is going to be successful. And no matter what, he could maybe, all he might have to do is score 24 points a game. And then also just, like, you rattled off the schedule. It's it's cake. We've talked about it before on here. This schedule is cake. You have one game mm-hmm. that I think you have to worry about. Yeah. And you could lose that and still probably make the playoff. More than likely, yeah. Tickets as low as $285 for that game in Knoxville. I did look it up. Uh, Knoxville's actually closer than Nashville. Only by half, or like half an hour, but still. Oh, from I'm, us. Yeah. Okay. But I was like, damn, might have to go to a game in Knoxville. We'll say, if I do go to a Knoxville game, I do want to sailgate. Because looking at those people mm. tailgating on the boats looks bad as fuck. Uh, so what are you at? Are you? Oh, oh yeah, going over okay. like easily. Yeah, uh, I, the system is changing because Munkin is gone, but I'm more relying on the talent around him. I mean, you have one of the most athletic freaks in Brock Bowers. Get him the ball, no matter fucking what, and he's gonna make a play. The talent that they brought in from the portal, it like subsidizes what they did lose in the portal as far as at wide receiver. So. I'm on the over. I just it, like I'm so confident it's over. Like mm-hmm. I expect Georgia to it's plus money too. Yeah, plus one fifteen. I looked on Fanduel. So well, if you want to, if to play devil's advocate, what other spot do you see on the schedule? Because I'm having a really because like Kentucky, <sighs> I think is we'll get to them, but that's at home. Mm-hmm. Missouri, a team that I like a little bit, is also at home. They're, like Tennessee is literally the only game because you look at their away games at Auburn, at Vandy, at Georgia Tech. Like you might win those games by at least, I mean, except for maybe the Auburn, Vandy, and Georgia Tech. You're winning those games by thirty-five yeah. plus. They're going to be double-digit favorites against every team, maybe besides Tennessee, and by that. The time that game happens, it I think right now more. it's still double digit against Tennessee. I think so. Still on the road. Yeah, yeah. Like, I get no it. offense. Like the title of Alabama, it's it's not out. Like Alabama being the top dog. No, it is the Bulldogs. Yeah, and like th- this is what we thought Alabama for years. Well, I mean they were just losing talent, but still being the top team. It's now Georgia. This is Georgia's sport. On to the Alabama Crimson Tide. Roll Tide, baby. God, 
you disgust me. I gotta get me. one of those in there. You disgust me. Uh, win total sitting at a consensus ten and a half on all three books. SEC odds sitting at a plus two seventy on FanDuel. West odds sitting at plus one hundred five on Caesars, and playoff odds sitting at plus one fifty five on FanDuel. Looking at the schedule, starting off the season at home against Middle Tennessee, then comes Texas. Uh, next, wow, I just now noticed this. They yeah. are at South Florida. Yeah, I've, I've seen something about that a couple weeks ago. That's kind of why I've already knew that. Tickets as low as You know 20. why? Why? Oh, home and home? No, you play in South Florida to try to recruit South Florida. Valid, kids. valid. Yeah. Uh, Tickets as low as twenty six bucks. Wow. Hey, uh, I'll hang out in South Florida. Then you're home against Ole Miss at Mississippi State at Texas A and M. Home against Arkansas. Home against Tennessee. Home against LSU at Kentucky. Home against Chattanooga and at Auburn. So, real question is: Are we finally coming to the end? With Bryce Young gone, that leaves a lot of uncertainty as a quarterback but battle between backup Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, and transfer Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame. Uh, Milrow has, been, has game experience. Obviously, he took over for Bryce Young for one game. game one in like a half. Yeah. Uh, and before Buckner transferred in, take it for what you want. Jalen was listed as the number one going into that spring game. So take it for what you want. Uh, do it all back. J- Jameer Gibbs is gone after having 1,370 total yards and 10 touchdowns. They do return number two and number three, Jace McClellan and Rodell Williams, who combined for 905 yards and 11 TDs. They return their top three wide receivers in Jermaine Burton, Ja'Cory Brooks, and Kobe Prentice. They also added tight end C.J. Dippery from Maryland, who will be an instant starter. The O-line returns only two starters, and they will need younger players to step up. But obviously, when it comes to Bama, they have the talent. Uh, the defense has some holes to fill on all three levels, but the biggest hole will be at linebacker, where they need to replace three starters, including star edge Will Anderson, who amassed 58.5 tackles for loss and 34.5 sacks in his career. The lone starter they return at linebacker is Dallas Turner, who will try to fill the shoes of Will Anderson. Obviously, he was working the other edge from Will, but with so much predicated on stopping Will Anderson. Did that give him a little bit more work? Uh, The secondary does have to replace both safeties, but they do return corners Kool-Aid McKinstry and Teron Arnold. So when it comes to the Alabama Crimson Tide, buddy, how are you looking? This one's scary here, but I think I'm going to go over here. Uncertainty of quarterback. I think the last we look, Milrow had the edge. I think Bet Online released all their odds for not saying yeah. it's just Vegas odds, but like that's where the money goes. So that's normally where I get most of my like news from there. And Melrose was the favorite, correct? Well, n- when I looked, it was Ty. It went Ty, Tyler, and then Jalen. 
But then from everything that I've read from Alabama camp, it seemed like Milrow had the edge for a little bit there. I don't know. I mean, Buckner would make the most sense to start right away. Just a guy that's been like through it. Granted, it's like a new system he's learning with less time. And Milrow's more of the wild card. But Ty Simpson, again, was a five-star recruit. Granted, no. not every star is created equally. Not everybody mm-hmm. kind of produces. And Nick Saban is one with some really, really bad quarterbacks. But he did also didn't have... He doesn't have like the star running back, star receiving core, offensive line, and stud mm-hmm. defenses he has this year. Yeah. It's a little bit of a step back. But I'm still going to go over here. The team's still super talented. I love that. Really only have one tough road game against Texas A&M. Kentucky might, could be shaky like like right after the LSU game. But they get LSU at home. They get Tennessee at home. Arkansas home and Texas at home, which is probably their four toughest games. So I don't have an official play. I kind of lean under. I mean, that schedule, like, I understand those games are at home, but with, like, the uncertainty at quarterback, like, like you said, the weapons aren't to the level that Alabama normally has. But, like, think about that stretch. Home against Ole Miss, at Mississippi State, at Texas A&M, Arkansas, Tennessee. You do get the bye in between Tennessee and LSU, but, dude, that is a tough tough stretch like they probably have the advantage in all those games and also i won't like after that lsu game having to go to kentucky like i'm not fully like ready to say that's an automatic win that's like a spot like coming off coming off maybe a high of that lsu game and i don't know and honestly at the end of the season you do have to go against somebody who has beaten Nick Saban before. And, I mean, that game's at Auburn. Auburn's... Who knows what Auburn has to play for? I... I dude, I think Auburn's... I'm the, I, I just... It's just it, not the roster. It's it just work. in in a rivalry game like that when you're going to at Auburn and you're trying to have a new coach put his stamp on the season... I'm not counting out Hugh How many times did Michigan try to do that against Ohio State and didn't work? Well, they've done it the last two years. I'm With the first-year coach is what I'm saying. Valid. But I'm just thinking that this could I would be, be utterly shocked. I would be, too. I but, think preseason, the number's probably 17 and a half. But, I mean, I'm just I'm not going to bet it, but I'm kind of leaning under. On to the LSU Tigers. I'm surprised you don't have that drop. Oh my God, that's one I need. I'll have to get that. Uh, win total sitting at a consensus nine and a half on DraftKings, FanDuel, and Caesars. Uh, SEC odds sitting at plus five hundred on DraftKings and FanDuel. West odds sitting at plus two hundred on FanDuel, and playoff odds sitting at plus four eighty on FanDuel. Looking at the schedule, start the season off Sunday, September third against Florida State in Orlando, basically glorified home game for Florida State, sort of. Then you are at home against Grambling, at Mississippi State, home against Arkansas, at Ole Miss, at Mizzou, home against Auburn, home against Army, at at Alabama, home against Florida, home against Georgia State, and end the season with home against Texas A&M. 
After surprising a lot of people and winning the SEC West in Brian Kelly's first season, how can they make it back to the SEC championship? Jaden Daniels had his best season in his first season in the SEC, throwing for 2,913 yards on 68.6% completion, 17 touchdowns, and only three INTs, while also leading the team in rushing with 885 yards and 11 touchdowns. The running backs will need to step up so they don't have to worry about Jaden Daniels taking so many hits. Leading running back Josh Williams is back after rushing for only 532 yards and six touchdowns. Leading wide receiver Malik Neighbors is back after going for 1,017 yards and three touchdowns. One of the best wide receivers in the nation, easily top five. Behind him, Brian Thomas and Kyron Lacey will add some juice, combining for 629 yards and five touchdowns. They also added Aaron Anderson from Alabama in the portal. The O-line returns all five starters. The defense will need work as they only return four starters. They went to the portal and added 11 of their 14 transfers to the defensive side. Look for linebacker Omar Spates from Oregon State to start next to leading tackler Greg Penn and freak athlete Harold Perkins, who will play more of a traditional linebacker this season. Brian Kelly said he didn't want to keep working him off of the edge, but still expect him to have an impact. Uh, Devin Harris from Texas A&M, Deuce Chestnut from Syracuse, and Zai Alexander from southeastern Louisiana will be instant impacts in the secondary, trying to make up for some of the players that they lost in that secondary. But when it comes to the LSU Tigers, buddy, how are you looking? I am also going over here. I think this team can get to 11-1. and one. Um, The only – what was the number? The number was 10.5, right? 9.5. Oh, maybe I wrote that. I must have wrote that down wrong. Okay. I'm definitely going over here then because my worry was going to be that week one game against Florida State. If they win that game, I think it goes over. If they mm-hmm. lose that game, I think it goes under. If I have that as insurance, I love it. I think Jalen Daniels is a good quarterback. He uses his legs very well. Second year under Brian Kelly, who I think is a good coach. And then, dude, like watching Harold Perkins last year just single-handedly take over football games – as a true freshman, mm-hmm. the sophomore jump, and that's why I put him as one of the most important guys in the upcoming college football season. Mm-hmm. I have him. I can't remember the odds. Don't have him pulled up. I have a Heisman ticket on him. I don't know if it's going to hit, but there's a chance. Plus, I I looked, and I think it was plus 6,500. Yeah, it, was, it was fairly nice. Now, obviously, he'd have to have a like Chase Young-esque style of season. And yeah, because I mean, Will Anderson put up fucking numbers and was never invited. Well, the team had to get to the playoff. That would have helped. You know what I mean? So, but I love this. I think no, I even thought about the same play. But like, what worries me is the fact that Brian Kelly said, like, we talked about. It does worry me. He he is the Micah Parsons of college football. He's I I I feel like it's not going to be long before he's has to go onto the edge mm-hmm. granted like he said he expects him to be just as productive but if the dude the bend that he had off of the edge as a true freshman was insane so for me i lean the over 
Obviously, I want Florida State to win that game, but I do think you are right that if they win that game against Florida State, then this goes over. But I think there's even a chance that if they lose this game, you still have a pretty good chance of going over. Like The only other one that I really have as like 50-50 is at Alabama. I have two at f- Ole Miss is a little tricky. Yeah, but also like we'll get to Ole Miss. I don't fully know what to expect with them. So that's kind of why I just think it's really Alabama. And honestly, I know that game is at Alabama, but I, they, they already beat them once in Baton Rouge, which is granted, too yeah, different. yeah, yeah. But also now you have another full year of experience for those players, and Alabama lost a lot. So yeah, I mean, agreed. But I think I think I set the spreads at like seven, seven and a half, I believe. Yeah, so but it's also still in between a full uh, touchdown. So yeah, but. Obviously, who knows what happens when that game comes around. Oh, yeah, 100%. On to the Texas A&M Aggies. Win total, kind of crazy. Sitting at a 7.5 on DraftKings and FanDuel and an 8.5 on Caesars. SEC odds sitting at a plus 1,400 on DraftKings. West odds sitting at plus 500 on FanDuel. And playoffs odds sitting at plus 1,400 on DraftKings. Looking at the schedule, starting off with New Mexico coming to Texas A&M. Then you are at Miami, home against UL Monroe, home against Auburn. Uh, neutral site against Arkansas and Jerry's World that always gets bad shit fucking crazy. Home against Alabama, at Tennessee, home against South Carolina, at Ole Miss, home against Mississippi State, home against Abilene Christian, and then you end the season at LSU. In a season where your coach's buyout was trending topic a lot of weeks, how can the Aggies right the ship? Connor Wegman looks to be the starter, but still could be pushed by Max Johnson throughout the season if he struggles. This is a unit that needs to step up after finishing 100th in the nation in points per game. They also hired Bobby Petrino as OC to try to get the offense right. I was waiting for a comment there. Rash face. It just looks like a rash all the time. <laughs> uh, running back should be by committee after losing Devin Chain, who rushed for 1,102 yards and eight touchdowns. Amari Daniels and Le'Veon Moss combined for 314 yards and one touchdown as his backup. Also look out for freshman Ruben Owens, who is a five-star number two running back in the nation and number 31 in the nation who could make an instant impact. Whoever the quarterback is will have three great returning wide receivers in Evan Stewart, Moose Muhammad, and Anias Smith, who combined for 1,550 yards and eight touchdowns. The O-line does return four starters. The defense should be in good shape after returning eight starters, but they need to step up in areas. The D-line and linebackers need to be better against the run after finishing 122nd against the run. The secondary should be a strength after finishing first in the nation against the pass and returning three of five starters. Look for transfers Tony Grimes and Sam McCall from UNC and FSU to make an impact. So when it comes to the Aggies, how are you looking, buddy? I mean, obviously this team is super freaking talented. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it's just going to rely on the shoulders of Connor Wegman. 
I don't I don't even think that. I think it's just more on the offensive play calling. Yes, but also the quarterback play hasn't also hasn't also Yeah, I mean they did play three quarterbacks, Haynes King, Max Johnson, and Connor. So man, like I'm pretty sure if you use the blue chip ratio, they're like in the top five. Like mm-hmm. the on the stars on this team is just absolutely loaded. Um I mean obviously if I'm gonna get the what number are we playing here? Do I have I mean, choice? What, whatever, whatever number you think's right. I think it's eight. So you're saying middle. I think the mid. I think it eight's the actual I'm number. I'm starting to rub off on you. Yeah, I think that's the number. I'm not. I would rather, but I'm more confident in taking the over. It's tough because I think eight's the number. What's more like? So-, so I had the same exact dilemma as you. It's like, what do I feel like is. Like, do I think there's a better chance? Well, of, I wish I had the odds, so like, well, no, I could base it off. Of yeah, that, I get, but. I get what you're saying, but like, was I thinking, what's what's a better chance that they go and hit nine wins, or do I think, or like exceed nine wins, or do I see it under seven? So when I look at that, like, I think there's a better chance that it's over that seven and a half. I think that's the better number to play. While I do think. You are right. Like I think it's right in the middle. I'm more confident in the seven and a half than I am the under eight and a half because I do think there is like on the outlier of outliers, they do get to nine wins, and then your under is fucked. Yeah, I mean, obviously the team's got the talent to do all of that. If Wegman plays well, plus I opens it up a little bit. Plus, I'd rather be riding an over than an under. That is also and, true here. But like, I mean, just looking at the schedule, yeah, you have the tough games against Alabama and Tennessee, but also this is a team that has beaten Alabama, and honestly, the last two years should have beaten Bama. If it's not for a better play call on uh, two-point conversion, I think it was, you can win that game, and then you, like, can Saban beat uh, Fisher. So, um, I yeah, I think the over seven and a half, I'm not, like, super confident in this team winning the West or anything like that, but... I think even that game at Miami, I lean Texas A&M. Oh, I don't lean. I love it. Yeah, I mean, the thing that I think I like the most about this team is that they do return eight on that defense. Like, obviously, the front needs to work better against the run. But, I, I like, with what they – I think out of all the SEC teams, except for maybe Mizzou, they have the most returning production on that defense. Mm-hmm. So, just for that reason, like, they could have a better defense. It's just, like – Again, can the offense fucking score more than twenty? Yeah, so like having to open it up, but also like Ruben Owens. I know he's a five star, but that's HM is, is that's some big holes. No, choose to fill. No, I mean because he was like the one bright spot on exactly, the exactly, exactly. So you're either going to have to open it up and be able to throw the ball well, or Ruben Owens is going to have to just yeah, hit man, it, hit the ground running and go. Yeah, but just like the talent that they have at wide receiver too. Yeah, Evans are so good. He literally is, and like both I'm, both Evan Stewart and Moose were fucking freshmen yeah. and showed out. And then Anias, I think, is going into his fifth season. He got injured last season, that's why his numbers were a little low. But I mean, you have three number one wide receivers. Yeah, Stewart was the one that I was shocked and not transfer after the end of this year. Yeah, yeah, kind of. 
But, I mean, they did have so many people transfer. On to the Tennessee Volunteers. Win total sitting at a 9 on Caesars and a a 9.5 on DraftKings and FanDuel. SEC odds sitting at a plus 1,700 on FanDuel. And East odds sitting at a plus 500 on Caesars. Playoff odds sitting at a plus 1,300 on FanDuel. Looking at the schedule, starting off the season with a neutral site game against Virginia in Nashville. So basically home game for Tennessee, home against Austin P at Florida, home against UTSA, home against South Carolina, home against Texas A&M at Alabama, at Kentucky, home against UConn at Mizzou, home against the vaunted Georgia Bulldogs, and home against Vandy in a rivalry game. Uh, what a rivalry. I know. Tennessee, in my opinion, is so back. So how do they stay back? Hendon Hooker is gone after having a phenomenal season. Joe Milton looks to be the guy after filling in for Hooker for the last two and a half games. Milton may have the strongest arm in all of college football. No, he's got the strongest arm in the world. Yeah, it's him in a role as Chavin. Yeah, possibly. Uh, but accuracy has some questions. Also, watch for freshman Nico Amaleva, uh, who was the five-star number two quarterback in the nation and number two recruit in the nation in the class of 2023. Fuck. Yeah, 2023. I, I get so lost on what year it is for recruiting because they're already recruiting the next year, and it's like, what year are we on? Mm-hmm. Uh, but look for Nico to potentially push for the job. Obviously, uber talented wide or quarterback from California. I definitely think he has a chance to push Milton basically all season. Uh, they return a great duo at running back with Jabari Small and Jalen Wright, who combined for 1,609 yards and 23 touchdowns. They return their top three or three of their top five wide receivers, but replacing Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman will be tough. Brew McCoy, Ramel Keaton, and Squirrel Wright will all get a boost in production after combining for 1,710 yards and 11 touchdowns. They also added Dante Thornton Jr., who is a 6'4", absolute burner from Oregon. The O-line returns three starters, but they also added a couple transfers who should start. Uh, The defense did improve last season after being almost non-existent the year before. The D-line returns both tackles, but will need to replace both ends. Leading tackler Aaron Beasley is back at at linebacker and will be manning the middle. The secondary returns four of five starters, but needs to improve after finishing 126th in the nation against the pass. So when it comes to the Tennessee Volunteers, how are you looking, buddy? (sighs) Dude, I know. I really, really, really want to buy the hype of Joe Milton here. Obviously, he has a super, super strong arm. His deep ball is amazing. He just has to improve on like the intermediate routes and be able to hit guys in stride instead of throwing the ball behind him or just overthrowing him because he does have such a powerful arm. But I'm a believer in this Josh Heupel offense. And the secondary needs to be better on defense, but overall they did make big jumps. And I do think the number is nine. My number is nine and three here. But I think 10 and two is far more likely than eight and four. Yeah, I'm fully on this over. If you're giving it to me at nine with push insurance, I love it. 
I think ten and two, eleven and one, maybe even. I think for me, I think for me, I would rather just take the SEC odds. Like as a person in the position that I'm in, that I think it's probably going to be there. But I think if it gets ten, it could be eleven or twelve, and they're going to be right there to compete in it. Mm. Or if you really, really like them, I guess you might also just like bet them against Georgia, because that could be like it. Yeah, I mean that ultimately could be it. I mean their East odds sitting at plus five hundred. I feel like the money line for that game would be like slightly more, but also if they do slip up in the SEC before that Georgia game, then that bet's basically dead. You're basically betting on a bet here, Mm -hmm. like banking that you're going to get the number you want. Yeah, exactly. So I'm on the over. I love this Tennessee team. I'm hoping that Joe Milton is like as advertised in the system, but also if he's not, then you're not going to find anybody that's going to be rooting for Nico to take over more than me. On to the Ole Miss Rebels. Win total sitting at a consensus 7.5 on all three books. SEC odds sitting at plus 4,500 on FanDuel. West odds sitting at a plus 2,200 on Caesars. Starting off the season with a home game against Mercer, then sneaky challenging game at Tulane. Then you're home against Georgia Tech at Alabama, home against LSU, home against Arkansas at Auburn, home against Mandy, home against Texas A&M, at Georgia, home against UN Monroe, and at Mississippi State. After starting off 7-0 and and then ending 1-5 in the last six games, how can Ole Miss prevent that from happening? At quarterback, they returned Jackson Dart, who had some ups and downs last season, but they also added Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State and Walker Howard from LSU, who was a five-star. Uh, it seems like it's more between Dart and Sanders for the starter, with light lean to dart, obviously. Sand- it's, it's, Sanders has been through it all. It is so wild to me that he is a grad transfer. Felt like he's been in college football for how many years and he might not get the job. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't, does he just transfer and come back next year? And who, get uh, another uh, year of Spencer Sanders in 2024? Who, honestly, who knows? I don't know what like he could end up doing, but I mean. If you make a move like that, especially as long as you've played, like you kind of feel like you think you're the starter. So I don't know what the plan is at Ole Miss, but quarterback's obviously well, a question, even though you return your starter. When from you less. bring in a transfer and he loses the job, that to me raises red flags. Yeah. Because you didn't think your guy was good enough, so you brought somebody in, and that guy you brought in is worse than the guy that you had questions about. Mm hmm. First team all SEC running back Quinshawn Judkins is back after rushing for 1,567 yards and 16 touchdowns as a true freshman. Obviously, a lot of juice to add to this team. Uh, they also get a healthy Ulysses Bentley, who was a transfer from SMU, really didn't get much playing time last season. Obviously, had a handful of injuries, but also like with Wade Judkins and Zach Evans were running last season, no reason to rush him back. Uh, Their top two wide receivers, Malik Keith and Jonathan Mingo, are both gone after having over 800 yards. Their leading returning wide receiver is Jordan Watkins, who had 449 yards and two touchdowns as the number three. They added transfers. 
Chris Marshall from Texas A&M, Trey Harris from Louisiana Tech, Zachariah Franklin from UTSA in the portal, and I think Zachariah Franklin will be immediate starter. Chris uh, Marshall was a freshman or going to be a sophomore, but former five-star also. Uh, the deep or the O line returns four starters. The defense will be going through some changes as they brought in Pete Golding from Alabama as the new DC. They returned seven starters, but they also added 14 transfers to the defense side to try to get better. So when it comes to the Ole Miss Rebels, how are you looking, buddy? With questions at quarterback still and what I just alluded to that's a little worrisome for me. And trust me, I'm a Spencer Sanders guy. You know that. I think the whole podcast knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, the schedule is really, really hard. Yeah. It is very, very hard. Mm-hmm. I gave them four auto wins and two two auto losses to Georgia and Alabama. Mm-hmm. And basically the number is seven and a half, correct? Yeah. If I'm good at math here, they're going to have to win in those other six games for them and four to two. And those games to me are at Tulane, which is a tough game. Mm-hmm. LSU, Arkansas, Auburn, AM, and Mississippi State. Can they win four of those? That's a big get. I'm going to stay away from this line. I don't want any part of it. But I think if for the podcast purposes, I'm going to go under, but I'm rooting for an over because I like Lane Kiffin and I've always liked Ole Miss. Something about the colors, something about the uniforms, and I want to be wrong. But I think that's I think seven and five is definitely more likely than eight and four. Yeah, uh, I can't. Get, I just can't get there. Don't have an official play on it, but I have a lean under on this. Like you said, this schedule is. I'm. I just keep staring at it, and it is fucking brutal. Like at Tulane is going to be a very tough game. No, no spoilers, but I might lean Tulane. I yeah, I really wish I had a line out. I can't find one. But then. Like that stretch of at Alabama, LSU, Arkansas, do get a breather with a bye week, but then you're at Auburn. Like, I mean, that's a tough stretch. And oh, then you have Texas A&M at home, and then you have to go at Georgia. And obviously, like who Mississippi State rivalry game on the road. Exactly. So I lean under. I, I really don't know what to expect. This team had a handful of people transfer in and transfer out. So, I mean, can Lane Kiffin do this transfer magic forever? You know, this is the longest tenured job this year will be that he's ever had. He's really? never been at a school this long. This year will set the record. Not Tennessee, not USC, and not Four Oakland. years. Yeah, that's the longest it'll ever be wow. for him at one job. Hmm. Shit. On to the Auburn Tigers. Win total sitting at a six and a half on DraftKings and FanDuel, uh, seven on Caesars. Uh, SEC odds sitting at a plus 8,000 on DraftKings. West odds sitting at plus 2,500 on FanDuel. Looking at the schedule, started off with a fairly easy game versus or home against UMass, at Cal, home against Sanford. Uh, at Texas A&M, home against Georgia, at LSU, home against Ole Miss, home against Mississippi State, at Vandy, at Arkansas, home against New Mexico State, and ending the season in the Iron Bowl, Iron Bowl, home against Alabama. Hugh Freeze is back in the SEC. How will this tenure go? At quarterback, they return starter 
Robbie Ashford, who showed promise as a rusher but needs to improve as a passer. They added a late transfer in Peyton Thorne from Michigan State, who was obviously the starter for Michigan State last season, who could take the job even though Ashford is a fit for Freeze's system, obviously with the running ability. Leading rusher Tank Bigsby is gone after rushing for 970 yards and 10 touchdowns. They do return number two running back Jarquez Hunter, who rushed for 710 yards and seven touchdowns. They also added Brian Battle from USF in the portal. They returned their top two pass catchers in Javarius Johnson and Coy Moore, who combined for... 807 yards and four touchdowns. They also added four more transfers. Uh, the O-line returns only one starter, but they did add five transfers to the offensive line. Despite returning eight starters on defense, they went to the portal and added nine transfers, all of them being either D-linemen or linebackers to try to improve those units. The secondary should be in good condition as they return all five starters and they should improve after finishing 59th in the nation against the pass. So when it comes to the Auburn Tigers, how are you looking, buddy? I'm going under. I don't really see a lot of high hopes for this team. There's too many moving pieces, new head coach. who It's more of a team that you're looking at maybe next year once – like freeze a set in can get recruits and get more transfers. Yeah, yeah, like that. But like, and you need like one. It's like a storybook. You get like one signature win that year. Like you build your momentum up till next season. Yeah, like in the Iron Bowl. Yeah, I mean, hopefully not for my. <laughs> I'm just bringing it sake, back. But like, so, like that would be perfect though. Yeah, exactly. Like you freeze has been in the SEC. He knows how to win there. He's one. He knows basically. how to beat Saban. He does know how to beat Saban. Um, not really the guy I really want to root for. I don't think he's a great person, but the dude knows how to coach football. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that, and he's done well in the SEC, and I think he'll do well at Auburn. I just don't think this year is the year. Yeah. I think getting to a bowl should be like like probably their ceiling. I think six wins. Is yeah, the- obviously with all the transfers that they brought in and like questions at quarterback, like – and the schedule. Like, you start off the season fairly easy with three wins, but then that stretch of at Texas A&M, home against Georgia, you do get a bye at LSU, home against Ole Miss, and then home against Mississippi State. Like, that's a tough five-game stretch. Granted, like I said, you do have the bye. Oh, and then you have to end the season with Alabama. So, yeah, as of right now, lean under. I don't want to sound crazy here, but, like, the schedule does start off easy, but I'm not guaranteeing they're beating Cal. Yeah, I'm I not mean, gonna guarantee that would be like the ultimate. Wouldn't it be funny? Yeah, I think they will, mm-hmm. but I would not guarantee that. Yeah, so I lean under the seven. On to my South Carolina Gamecocks win total sitting at a six on Caesars and a six and a half on DraftKings and FanDuel. SEC odds sitting at a plus 10,000 on Caesars. East odds sitting at a plus 1,800 on Caesars. Looking at the schedule, starting off the season with a neutral site game against North Carolina should be a fun, fun game to start off the season. Uh, Then you are home against Furman, and then you immediately start off the SEC schedule with Georgia going to Georgia. Which... 
like we say, for win total purposes, probably not a bad thing because I don't think you're beating them regardless. Yeah. So get one of your away games out against a team you probably weren't going to win regardless. Then you are home against Mississippi State at Tennessee, home against Florida at Mizzou at Texas A&M, home against Jacksonville State, home against Vandy, home against Kentucky, and home against Clemson. After surprising everybody and having an 8-5 and five season, how can South Carolina keep exceeding expectations? At quarterback, Spencer Rattler is back and looks to improve after having a slow start last season and progressing as the season went on. Leading rusher Marshawn Lloyd is gone after rushing for 573 yards and nine touchdowns. Juju McDowell will need to step up after only rushing for 219 yards as the number two running back. Rattler's favorite target, Juice Wells, is back after catching 68 passes for 928 yards and six touchdowns. Their next top four pass catchers are all gone, meaning they're going to need inexperienced players to step up. Two of those pass catchers that were gone were tight ends, so they added three transfer tight ends. The O-line only returns two starters but added three transfers. The defense has a lot of questions as they only return four starters and only added two transfers on the defensive line. The secondary should be pretty good as they return three starters after losing two players in the first four rounds of the draft. So when it comes to the South Carolina Gamecocks, how are you looking, buddy? It's going to shock you here, Connor, but I'm going over. I think the most wow. they built from the end of last season, the progressions that Spencer Rattler made, he... I thought I was completely correct on him all season through like the first eight weeks last year. I was like, yeah, this dude's a bum. He's a bum. And then out of nowhere, just takes off with a win, like beating, God, they beat the Tennessee game, they beat Clemson, and he just, he looked like a, he looked like his star out of high school. And as long as that offensive line that has a little bit of questions, with some new guys coming in there and losing a bunch of starters, as long as they can protect him, as long as the defense still, can be decent enough to keep keep them in some games. I mean, the schedule's really not that crazy. I mean, the week one game against North Carolina, I kind of 50-50 on. Yeah, that game can kind of decide things. Because I think I, right now I would favor North Carolina. Yeah, but, and I mean, you're chalking up the auto losses against uh, Georgia and Tennessee, in my opinion. Granted, they did beat Tennessee last season. Clemson probably would be one that's a revenge spot, but it is at home. Mm-hmm. So they do get him at home, and who knows how Clemson is at the end of the season there. I don't know, man. I think the the momentum that Beamer has just built and the strides that Rattler has took, I'm kind of leaning over here. Yeah. I mean, if you get this win total, it's going to be like after the bye when you're home against Florida at Mizzou, at Texas A&M, Jacksonville State, Vandy, Kentucky, Clemson. Like, that's kind of the stretch because, like I said, you have Tennessee, Georgia, and North Carolina in that early stretch, kind of a 50-50 game against Mississippi State, and then you should have an auto win against Furman. So, I mean, like, at the worst, you could be 1-4 and four to start the season, but there could be an outside chance to still get it. I'll be honest – I lean under the six and a half. I think they well, get... Well, there's a number at six that I took. Yeah, but I think the number is six. I think I think it's a six and six season. That's why I'm on the under six and a half. I'd prefer having a win compared to a push. I, mm-hmm. I, it's going to be tough to get to that seventh win. 
Yeah, that's because I'm just more. I'm more of at seven and five is more likely than five and seven. You're five and seven is more likely than seven. Five. Well, no, I, I I'm that. I'm saying like taking the under six and a half. I think six and six oh, is the yeah. more likely okay. thing. So I'm kind of betting on six and six. Yeah, that's probably is the number. Like I said, I'm a little more likely that seven. But and five oh, is. yeah, it, I mean, obviously, you just need an extra win, but you already have the push insurance. I'm yeah. trying to go more for the win. I will say, if the scenario you played out happens and it's one and four, the only thing that's gonna really scare me is some quit. But yeah, I do think Shane Beamer is the kind of coach though that could kind of prevent that. Yeah, I mean, like this team kind of like after that Florida game last season had every reason to quit and but then came up against like Tennessee and like I know Hendon got hooked or hurt in that game but also like South Carolina was in fair control of that game beforehand exactly and he dropped 63 on their head granted like I also think Clemson in that game kind of shit things away but also like the one thing that South Carolina does so damn well and I just it's so hard for me to kind of look past the one game where a lot of co- or one part of the game where a lot of people like lose games and because they don't pay attention to it as much is how damn good they are on special teams. I mean, hell, their punter has a hundred percent completion percentage, and I'm pretty sure he was like four for four this season. Damn, yeah, Maybe make him a starter. <laughs> on to the Arkansas Razorbacks. Win total sitting at a six and a half on FanDuel and a seven on DraftKings and Caesars. SEC odds sitting at a plus ten thousand on Caesars and West odds sitting at a plus four thousand on Caesars. Looking at the schedule, starting off with Western Carolina, who may put up a better fight than the next team in Kent State. Then you go. Then you have a home game against BYU, and then you start the SEC schedule off with at LSU. Home against Texas A&M, at Ole Miss, at Alabama. Home against Mississippi State, at Florida. Home against Auburn, then home against FIU, and then home against Mizzou. After coming off a 9-4 and season in 2021, Arkansas came down to earth to go 7-6 and in 2022. How can they get back? K.J. Jefferson is back after having a solid season last year. There will be some changes as at OC as Kendall Bryles is gone, and now comes in Dan Enos. Arkansas could have one of the best running rushing attacks with leading rusher Raheem Rocket Sanders, who rushed for 1,443 yards and 10 touchdowns. But they also return A.J. Green and Rashad Dabinian, as well as K.J. adding 640 yards rushing. The top five pass catchers are all gone, leaving Bryce Stevens as the leading wide receiver with re, leading returning wide receiver with nine receptions for 190 yards and one touchdown. They added four transfers to add some quick juice to the wide receiving room. The O line only returns two starters, but also with Sam Pittman having his background in offensive line, kind of expect them to have a good offensive line. The defense will need some work as they lose defensive coordinator Barry Odom, only return five starters, and bring in 11 transfers on the defensive side. This is a defense that last season finished in the bottom 100 in several categories. So when it comes to the Arkansas Razorbacks, how are you looking, buddy? 
You know I love me some KJ Jefferson. Yeah, you won't shut the fuck up. We already have up on the board KJ Jefferson top 50 NFL draft bet. Now, that might have been me showing my bias a little bit. Very much so. There is some mocks to have him in the first round, but we know how mock yeah, drafts are. Yeah, but also, yeah, mock drafts had Sam Howell as the number one pick, so. He's elite. He's a commander. <laughs> um, but here we go. To the Arkansas Razorbacks, I will say Jefferson, I would hope, would take another stride this year. It seems like last year's, in 2022-23, he was kind of the same guy as he was the year before. But I think he has a really good chance of actually being able to be a top 50 NFL draft pick if he can play his way into it. I think Sam Pittman's a really good coach, and Rocket Sanders is could it be one of the best backs in the SEC, if not the best. I mean, the SEC is loaded at running yeah, back. It's, it's yeah, it's a big but ask. If you're looking at the rushing attack as a whole, when you add KJ, Rocket, AJ Green, all those guys... Like, this was top 10 rushing attack in the nation. Yes, and the defense can't be worse, right? Eh. Let's hope not. And but, but really, when it comes to win total standpoint, I look at the schedule. I think it's a win week one against Western Carolina, Kent State, and, now, and BYU. Those Aww. first three games should be wins. Mm-hmm. Their last three games, Auburn, FIU, and Missouri, I would have them favored by at least a touchdown in each of those games. Yeah, at Florida, that's kind of a toss-up. No, that, that's not, I'm not including that one. No, I know. No. I'm, just, I'm just like talking about the game before But for that. me, to me, that's six games I'm fairly confident they're going to win, and all i got to do is win one more. I'm definitely going over. And I think this team does have a little bit of potential to be like a 9-3 and three team. So, obviously, like last season, it was his first year without Traylon Burks, which was a big reason for why he kind of was as good of a why they were able to in 2021 go 9 and 4. Obviously he's not there, dropped down to 7 and 6 and then like this season like your best your best returning pass catcher only has 109 yards. It's not really a good look, but also at the same time, I lean the over 6 and a half. I do think that this rushing attack is hard to stop. It's going to take a minute to get those wide receivers acclimated to KJ, but I think there's a chance that seven wins is very possible. And look, they could be end up being a team that's also just like their record's way better than they actually are. Just, yeah. Again, there's three games that would have them like immediate like underdogs, and that's at LSU, that game against Texas A&M and Jerry World, and then Alabama. Every other game is winnable to me. Yeah, the only thing that worries me is leaning on that Texas A&M game because that game gets, like I said when we were covering Texas A&M, that, the Arkansas-Texas A&M game never fails to get absolutely batshit crazy. Did we ever figure out, I think we talked about before, like why that's played there? I know I know Jerry's a Arkansas grad. But what's the Texas A&M connection? Fuck if I know. That's... In Texas, maybe? And he's just the Cowboys owner? I guess. I guess that's what it is. I mean, when you own the Cowboys, you can kind of do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, honestly, that's a fair point, though. As someone who saw the stadium, you would know that. God, that stadium's fucking gorgeous. On to the Florida Gators. Win total sitting at a 5.5 on all three books. SEC odds sitting at a plus 10,000 on DraftKings. East odds sitting at a plus 2,800 on Caesars. Looking at the schedule, start off with a tough game on Thursday. 
wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Th- okay, I'm so... I, for some reason, I thought that was week zero. No, Thursday, August 31st at Utah. Then you are home against McNeese, home against Tennessee, home against Charlotte at Kentucky, home against Vandy at South Carolina, neutral site game in Jacksonville against Georgia, home against Arkansas at LSU, at Mizzou, home against Florida State. Billy Napier's first season in Florida was an absolute roller coaster ride. Can he get Florida on the right track this season? Anthony Richardson is gone, leaving questions at quarterback, and a battle between backup Jack Miller and transfer Graham Mertz from Wisconsin. It appears that Graham Mertz should be the guy. They have a great duo at running back with Montrell Johnson Jr. and Trevor Etienne, who combined for 1,560 yards and 16 touchdowns. Leading wide receiver Ricky Pearsall is back, but they lost their next four four top wide receivers. Watch for freshmen uh, Aiden Mazel and Andy Jean to see the field early. The O-line only returns one starter but added several transfers. The defense has questions after finishing in the 80s and 90s in defensive categories. Have a new DC and only return four starters and only brought in six transfers. So when it comes to the Florida Gators, buddy, I think I know the answer, but where are you leaning? Dude, I, I'm definitely under here. I don't... I. I loved Billy Napier in Louisiana, and he was an amazing coach. I just some guys I don't think are meant to coach in like big boy football. Well, it's or not maybe. even that, and it's more like the Florida standard. Like Urban Meyer fucked it up be, for doing being as successful as he was at Florida. So like this is a team that, or this is a fan base that expects a hell of a lot more. Obviously he's doing all right in recruiting right now, but also, I mean, they're one bad season away from losing the class that they have. And I'm pretty sure it is in the top five currently, but I'm with you. I lean under. It's tough to say, but I mean, that schedule at Utah home against Tennessee, like, at Kentucky, at South Carolina, neutral site against Georgia. You do get Arkansas at home, but at LSU, and then you end the season with Florida State. Like, dude, there's so many opportunities for to get. Like, I, I, I some of these games I don't even consider toss ups. It's just like straight L. Yeah, I have three. I have chalked it up as three auto wins, and that was it. And there's no other game that I'm like, they're definitely gonna win this game, or really a game that I'm really gonna lean. Yeah, and I, honestly, that Van Vandy beat Florida last year. Yeah, it is at home. <laughs> What's well, all you got Vandy at home? Oh, Thank yeah. God we got him at home. Yeah, shit, dude. I don't think this team goes bowling. I'm, I something that I'm definitely gonna play. On to the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Win total sitting at a consensus six and a half on all three books. SEC odds sitting at a plus twelve thousand five hundred on Caesars. West odds sitting at plus 4,000 on Caesars. Just looking at the schedule, starting off the season with Southeastern Louisiana, home against Arizona, home against LSU, at South Carolina, home against Alabama, home against Western Michigan, at Arkansas, at Auburn, home against Kentucky, at Texas A&M, home against Southern Miss, and home against Ole Miss. 
Uh, while Virginia may have had the hardest offseason, Mississippi State probably had the second hardest after the death of Mike Leach. How will they do in their first season without him? All-time leading passer Will Rogers is back, but things will be changing around him as they try to transfer out of the air raid and go more balanced. Leading rusher Jaquarius Marks, who ran for 582 yards and nine touchdowns, will be back, but will be asked to run more in a more balanced attack. Uh, they did add transfer Kayvon Lee from Penn State, who was a very good running back for them throughout the last couple seasons. At wide receiver, they return Dietrich Griffin, Jaden Whaley, and Justin Robinson, who combined for 1,176 yards and 10 touchdowns. They also added three tight end transfers. The O-line does return four starters. The defense was very good last season, finishing in the 40s in defense, and why Zach Arnett was moved from D.C. to head coach following the passing of Mike Leach. They will have some holes to fill as they only return five starters. Four of those starters are in the front six. The real question are in the secondary that only returns one starter, but they did add four. Uh, oh, three transfers. So when it comes to the Mississippi State Bulldogs, how are you looking, buddy? Rooting for the over. I'm definitely rooting for the over here, but I think I'm going to have a slight lean to the under Same. here. As Man. hard as it is to say as much as I love Mississippi State, this is this is tough. The schedule is very hard. Very. And the change of offense is very worrisome. The the track record from teams that switch from an air raid to like a balance system is the year one is very much a trial period and usually doesn't go well. Now I think Will Rogers might be a different cat though, and he's still super super talented. And I think there is a chance they could go over here, but I I, I lean to the under, but definitely rooting for an over. So it's something I'm not playing. Yeah, obviously Mississippi State's been team that I have loved the last couple seasons. It was because of Mike Leach. It was because the air raid kind of transitioning out of that does worry me to an extent. But like you said, that schedule is very very tough. Honestly, like that Arizona game, like I'm that's more fifty fifty than like me just giving it to Mississippi State. Like, Arizona's no joke, and in a transition period, who really knows what could happen? But then, like, I rattled it off. LSU, South Carolina, Alabama, that is a tough three-stretch to start your SEC play. And then, like, I mean, your your problem is your away games at South Carolina, at Arkansas, at Auburn, and at Texas A&M. Which are, like, all the 50-50 games. And then you have Alabama coming to Mississippi State. And, yeah, that's just – it's tough. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a tough season. I'm hoping for nothing but the best for the Bulldogs. But it's, like I said, hoping for the best. On to the Kentucky Wildcats. Win total sitting at a consen- consensus – Six and a half on all three books. SEC odds sitting at a plus 20,000 on Caesars. East odds sitting at a plus 7,500 on FanDuel and Caesars. Looking at the schedule, starting off the season, home against Ball State, home against Eastern Kentucky, home against Akron, at Vandy, home against Florida, at Georgia, home against Mizzou, home against Tennessee, at Mississippi State, home against Alabama, at South Carolina, at Louisville. 
Uh, last season fell short of expectations. How can they get back to being a football school? Will Levis is gone after being Kentucky's first quarterback drafted since 2008. They went to the portal and got Devin Leary out of NC State, who you and I have been fond of the last couple seasons. Uh, star running back Chris Rodriguez Jr. is gone, and they tried to find his, the answer for him in the portal with Ray Davis from Vandy and Demine Sumo Nagabara from NC State. God damn, some of these names. Uh, they have young talent in wide receivers, Barion Brown and Dane Key, who both broke out as freshmen, combining for 1,147 yards and 10 touchdowns. They also return Tavion Robinson, who had 497 yards. The O-line does return four starters, but they did add four transfers after the O-line ranked 126th in the nation in sacks allowed. If you watched Kentucky last season, you just saw Will Levis getting drilled at play after play, it felt. In the last six seasons, Kentucky has had a top 25, uh, or in five of the last six seasons, they've had a top 25 season. In order for that to happen, they will have to lean on the front seven that returns five starters. The secondary will need work as they only return safety Jordan Lovett. They did add transfers JK or JQ Hardaway from Cincy and Jansen Dunn from Ohio State, who should be instant impact. So when it comes to the Kentucky Wildcats, how are you looking, buddy? The best, probably one of the better contracts in all of college football is Mr. Stoops here. Yes. Every seven-win season, another year is added onto your contract. Yes. This team is winning seven games, and they're also winning their first five games. Easy. At Ball State, EKU. No, home against Ball State. Home against Ball State, home against Eastern Kentucky, Akron, at Vanderbilt, and home against Florida. Yeah. There's some tough games on the schedule. They add Georgia, which I don't mind because mm-hmm. I don't think they're winning anyway. They do have Bama. They do have Tennessee. But they get Tennessee at home, which is a game I think they could win. I think there's a ceiling for this team that could be nine wins. I love Delvin Leary. I think he's a, a very good quarterback. Last year, kind of got riddled with injuries. Obviously, got knocked out for the season. But if he looked like anything like he did in 2022, like – Kentucky hasn't had a quarterback as good as him in a minute. Yeah, I know Will Levis it went high in the draft, but a lot of that is projection. If you look at like the last couple seasons, like the stats haven't been there. To, it, it, I know it's weird to say they may have had an upgrade at quarterback. They've a hundred percent had an upgrade at quarterback from the passing aspect. Like obviously, when it comes to the pro aspect, yeah, Will yeah. Levis blows Devin out of the water. But as far as a college quarterback, they might have, like you said, had an upgrade. And I mean, the wide receivers that they had, like those guys got a lot of work with Will Levis. Who knows what they could have with Devin Leary. We've seen what has happened when Devin Leary has very good wide receivers like he had in Thayer Thomas and uh, Devin Carter at NC State. So I think there's a really good chance that they they go well over. And this offense is going to be humming, and we know the defense, regardless of how, who they lost, is going to be successful. Exactly. And they're going to be one of the, like, punch-you-in-the-mouth kind of football teams. So I, I think there's legit potential this team can win nine, 
dare I say it, 10 games mm-hmm. as a ceiling. Yep. But I think the four, they're winning seven games. That's so why I'm going definitely well over here. Yep. On to the Missouri Tigers. Win total sitting at a consensus. Six and a half on all three books. SEC odds sitting at a plus 20,000 on Caesars. And East odds sitting at a plus 4,000 on FanDuel and Caesars. Looking at the schedules, starting off the season, home against South Dakota, home against Middle Tennessee, home against Kansas State, home against Memphis, at Bandy, home against LSU, at Kentucky, home against South Carolina, at Georgia, home against Tennessee, home against Florida, and ending the season at Arkansas. Entering his fourth season, can Eli Drinkwitz finally get over 500? Brady Cook is back after having an okay season with some ups and downs. He does find himself in a battle with transfer Jake Garcia from Miami, and Cook missed part of the offseason needing surgery. Leading rusher Cody Schrader is back after rushing for 745 yards and nine touchdowns. They also return number two running back Nathaniel Pete. At wide receiver, they will be young yet talented with Luther Burden as the highlight returner who had 40, 45 receptions for 375 yards and six touchdowns as a true freshman. Watch for speedy Mookie Cooper to get more plays, and they also added Theo Weiss from Oklahoma in the portal. The O-line returns three starters, and they added two in the portal. The defense was very solid, finishing fifth or 55th or better in some defensive categories. There shouldn't be a drop-off as they return eight starters, including all linebackers, and losing only one secondary starter in they did add four players in the transfer portal to the defensive side. So when it comes to the Mizzou Tigers, how are you looking, buddy? I love the fact that it returned a ton of people on defense. But the big thing is Brady Cook has to take somewhat of a step here if Eli Drinkwitz probably wants to keep his job. Yeah, I mean, um, like I said, he has yet to go over 500. And again, when we did guy talk, does he just like the most like un SEC coach? He's he's very very corny, and it's like if you're gonna be corny in the SEC, like you kind of like Muss is very corny when it comes to SEC basketball, but also he wins. Like Eli's corny. He's got the edge to him too, though. Yeah, Eli's corny. Like I remember the remember after the Florida game. After he beat them and he did the like uh, Star Wars thing as a jab towards uh, God, who was the coach? Who's the, who was Florida's coach? Uh, Mullins. Yeah, he did that jab, but it's like, dude, you're not really like that good in the SEC to take jabs at coaches like that. Yeah, he he let Drinkwitz reminds you of like your stepdad that you just bully and doesn't. I mean, you, it, you know what I mean? Like, no offense. It, he comes from the same like background as Satterfield, App State coach. Yeah, like both kind of like cut from the same cloth. It kind of seems like. But on but on the field though, I Luther Burton's a fucking amazing wide receiver. Yeah, I want to see him get more work. Like I said, he only had three hundred and seventy five yards last season, but obviously, like a lot of that was going to uh, God damn it, who was the transfer? I love it. But, man, if Brady Cook can take a step, I mean, they have a shot. The defense is going to be stout. There's a chance, though, and there is a weird chance here that they could they could start 5-0 and if Don't they can beat Kansas State. Don't you dare say that. 
So if something like that happens, they'd be the most fraudulent 5-0 and team. But this thing could go yeah, over. Yeah, they'll be ranked, and it'll be a ranked-on-ranked game versus LSU, and they'll just get the shit kicked out of them. I think they win six. The number six and a half, correct? Yeah. I think they win six games. I want. I'm rooting for the over. You know, I like Missouri, but I think I think they go to a bowl game. But I would lean slightly under here. I yeah, I lean the under. Do they go bowling? Yeah, I think they do. I think six is a good number. There looks like six wins here. You have three yeah. autos: South Dakota, Middle Tennessee State, Vandy. You pro- I think you should beat Memphis. Can you win two SEC games? Yeah. On to the Vanderbilt Commodores. Win total sitting at a consensus three and a half on all three books. SEC odds sitting at a plus 75,000 if you're feeling frisky on Caesars. East odds sitting at a plus 30,000 on Caesars. Looking at the schedule, home game to start the season against Hawaii. Home game against Alabama A&M. At Wake Forest, at UNLV, home against Kentucky, home against Mizzou, at Florida, home against Georgia, at Ole Miss, home against Auburn, at South Carolina, at Tennessee to wrap up the season. After shocking everyone and going 5-7, and seven, can Vandy finally get back to a bowl game? At quarterback, they bring back A.J. Swan, who had a solid season as a true freshman and looks to build off of it. Running back took a major blow when Ray Davis hit the portal after rushing for 1,042 yards and five touchdowns, leaving a lot of inexperience. Look for true freshman Cedric Alexander and sophomore Chase Gillespie to contribute immediately. Wide receiver returns all three top pass catchers in Will Shepard, Jaden McGowan, and Quincy Skinner Jr., who combined for 1,467 yards and 14 touchdowns last season. The O-line returns four starters. The defense will still need work after finishing in the bottom 120s in several categories. They do return starters and experience on all three levels. If they are able to take a step, it could be it could really go a long way for Vandy, obviously. Clark Lee is a defensive-minded guy, so hopefully he could get that defense going. But when it comes to the Vandy Commodores, how are you looking, buddy? I'm going to go over here with wins over Hawaii, Alabama A&M, and at UNLV. That's give me three. The number is? Three and a half. That means I need one win. They have to win one SEC game. Because I don't know if they're going to beat Wake Forest. It's early on in the season at Wake Forest. But, I mean, they are Wake Forest without, without Sam, Sam Hartman. Hartman. Yep. But I, I, I think the kid's going to be okay, though. Who do, who, who do you, If you had to put your money on who they the spot. Get, yeah. I want to say Florida, but it's, at, it's on the road. I'd also need to see. The problem is we don't know who's getting like Vandy before or after somebody. So, Just it's, yeah, it's tough to say. I think if they catch anybody, it's probably that uh, October 14th game against uh, Georgia. Yeah, that would probably be the spot they get them. <laughs> could you imagine that's how you get the Vandy over as they upset fucking Georgia? I'm afraid what the internet would look like. Oh, my God. I don't think the, I don't think the internet's ready for what would happen. Would Twitter if, go back to having like an actual bird? 
Probably. Just because it just blows up and explodes. Yeah, no kidding. But... And honestly, though, I think Auburn, November 4th. But Auburn also is like... Like, they're breaking the new coach. Like, by the end of the year, they should be better than they are later. Really, though, it's going to be a low unit bet for me. I'm going to go over. I think they win those three games. And all I got to do is root for Vanny to win one game. And it's going to be yeah, fun. You're it's going to be a hell of a ride. You're going to be, like, honestly, you're really hoping you get in those first four games. Otherwise, it's going to be tough sledding to get that next one. It's going to be like, okay, I need one more win. Turn the game on. It's like 10 minutes into the first quarter. Like, nope, not this week. Nope. <laughs> Turn it off. Yep. Restart till next. Yeah, but I do lean the over too. I'm just I'm kind of buying into what Clark Lee's doing there with Vandy. I mean, he got them to fucking five and seven at Vanderbilt in this economy. I mean, in, that's in this economy. Yes, it, 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 it's Vanderbilt. They're a baseball school. Yeah, for real though. Yeah, I I'm going over, but it's definitely low unit, and it's just it's more of like a fun like what could happen. Back. Yeah. On to the SEC breakdown questions, buddy. All right, time to start with our top seven quarterbacks. Who do you have at number one? I think I know the answer, and I'm going to hate you for Look, it. Look, I think the top three are basically interchangeable, no matter where you put them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm biased, so I'm going KJ Very. Jefferson. Yeah. Number one from Arkansas. Uh-huh. Uh, needs to improve a little bit on the passing, but is a hell of a freaking runner. And him and... For what he does in the system, yes. Yeah. No. But it, like, if you put him three, I'm going to have no problem with it. So at number one, I have Jaden Daniels. Like, the like I know what KJ did rushing was very well. Jaden ran the majority of this team's yards. And he was exceptional in the passing game. I, I just think that he took the... We were wor- a little bit worried about how the step-up in competition from the Pac-12 to the SEC would go for him. He did it in such great strides. So for th- just for that reason, that's why I have him at number one. I have him at number two. Um, at number – oh, go ahead. made big improvements throughout the year, though. Early in the season, it was very, very like, oh, this isn't going to work. And then, yes, down the stretch, especially that Bama game. Mm-hmm. I know that character. you also love his backup, so – He's just a gunsling. He's Jay Cutler. That's why I love him. He's yeah, gonna Nuss Meyer is going to be fun to watch once he finally takes over. At number two, I have Will Rogers. Obviously, three. I know like they're going through the transition, but still, his numbers don't lie. Yeah, he's, he's my number three for good reason. At number three, I have KJ. Like you said, the top three are interchangeable. Now, the fun truly begins. Who do you have at number four? This is really hard. This is really hard. I'm going to take the upside of what we saw down the stretch. And this is a lot for me, but I'm going to go with Spencer Rattler. Wow. Towards the end of the season, man, he really started playing like his five-star rating. I'm honestly surprised the, like, full 180 you've had on him. It was that the, the Tennessee game and the Clemson game, man. And the momentum that Shane Beamer has built in South Carolina, like I expect him, that schedule's tough. We just broke them down. But I still, no matter if they win six games, I think he's going to. And it's also a very big year for him, too, because the NFL scouts still, like, kind of to a degree hold the star rating. And he could easily play himself into the first or second round. Yeah. Valid. So. Yeah. Uh, so at four, I took, in, I took a transfer here. I took Devin Leary. That's my number five. 
All right, respectable. So, yes, for all the reasons we just like basically jerked off Kentucky for five minutes. So, mm-hmm. uh, at five, I have Joe Milton. We're, I hate you. We think so much alike, but just especially in these rankings, just a little bit. Joe Milton is my number six. That also has the potential, I think, at the end to be number one or completely be completely out of the top 10 of this. So it's, there's not a lot of middle here. All right. So who do you have? You said you have Milton. Joe Milton is six. All right. So at six, that's where I finally have Spencer Rattler. Okay. Like the things that you said. I think like this year it's going to be a lot more ass about on him because you only bring back Juice Wells and there's not like a lot coming back. So it's going to be a lot on him. Going to really see if he rises up to the occasion. Who is your number seven? I have a mixture between Jackson Dart and Spencer Sanders. Here. God damn you. Yeah, that's, Literally, that's what I number that's, seven I have. I think that's the one. I think seven... The top seven should be pretty because we all have the same guys, right? Yeah, we, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's a clear separation. Part of me wanted to put Brady Cook up here <laughs> because he wasn't nearly as bad as I thought he was last year watching the games. Like his numbers weren't terrible. Didn't throw for a lot of touchdowns. Granted, they ran the ball a lot and could have the potential to be up there, but I think he's definitely outside of that still. Yeah, and honestly, if like there's an honorable honorable mention or like number eight. For me, it's the combination of Beck or Vandergriff. And obviously, like you talked about Joe Melton rising. Those guys, obviously, like we didn't list off either the Bama or any of the Bama guys. Obviously, those are the ones that can rise. Obviously, right now, we have a lot of unknown. Be more, I think, more comfortable like Ty Simpson rising. I think Joe, Mil- Joe Milrose kind of. Joe? Uh, John. John. Wait, Mil- wait. God damn I'm it. Messing ourselves up here. Yeah, we are. Holy shit. Jalen. Jalen Milrow, yes. God damn it. Um, We're such a fucking idiots. Uh, there's a lot of J's here. Um, I think he kind of is what he is a little bit. Solid and, runner. Yeah, solid runner. Probably not going to throw the ball well, but isn't as isn't as much of like a freak runner as in KJ and Jalen Dan- Daniels. So. Mm-hmm. Who is the team that you are buying stock in? I'm buying stock. We just did it. I'm buying stock in Kentucky. I think the schedule is very favorable. A lot of good, their home games are very favorable. And some of the road spots really aren't that tough. I mean, like I said, too, they get Georgia on the road, which I didn't think you were going to win anyway. I think their win total being at six and a half is kind of a joke. I think this team at the floor is winning eight games, to be honest with you. And I love Devin Leary. We all, we've been on this, we've been doing this for three years. Everybody knows we love Devin Leary. Yeah. So, uh, kind of a cop out here, but. Buying stock in Tennessee. Okay, I thought you were going to say Georgia. I'm like, oh, really, Connor? No, uh, it's Tennessee. I know this is already probably at a price that's kind of high. And it, it's just, in my opinion, it's just going to continue climbing. It's kind of like buying it in preparation for next year once Nico's in. But still, buying fully into the system, buying fully into Joe Milton, I think they're really going to surprise team people when it's like, oh, there hasn't been that much of a drop-off. Who is the team you are selling stock in? It's Florida. God damn it. The schedule's really hard. Yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty do, universal. Do, do, in in the, the same breath, do we want to knock out first coach? Yeah, fire? let's go ahead and do that, too. Yeah, uh, Billy Napier. Yeah, I think this is it. Yeah, I I mean, if it's, like, if it's bad, 
it's going to be quick. Imagine going home to your wife and be like, my job's in the hands of Graham Mertz. It's tough. It's tough. And I love, and we love Billy Napier. We loved him at Louisiana. Mm -hmm. I just, I think the situation was, sometimes you take the wrong job, and this was the wrong job for him. Doesn't mean he's a bad coach. No. Uh, So, what is your conference championship? I'm going Bama, Georgia, but it's Bama. It's Georgia's there 1,000%. Yes. And then it's LSU or Bama, and I'm still going to give the lean to Bama because somebody has to defend them on this podcast. They are coached by the greatest coach to ever coach college football, and you know he's never went since he's been to Bama. He's never went three years without winning a national title. So he this will make year just three. did. This will be year three. He literally just did. No, this will be year three. This is year four. LSU, Georgia, Georgia. No, they won it the before. Yes, they won it with Tua the year before, correct? They won it the year before Burrow. Oh, okay. No, they won it in 2020 with Tua. Oh, yeah. Tua was after no, Burrow. No, it was No, Mac Jones. Oh, or no, yes. no, Mac Jones. Yeah. yeah, they beat your team. Oh, yeah. So go fuck, go fuck yourself. God yes, damn it. I'm never so went, confused. They've on... never went three years without winning a national title. All right, all right, whatever, whatever. I'm defending him. They will get to the SEC title game. All right, so for my conference championship, it's a repeat of last year. It's Georgia versus LSU. I just think that I like LSU more this season than I do Bama. If I had to guess which team out of those two makes it, I think it's LSU. The nod for me was Alabama gets a game at home. Does Georgia go 13-0 and and number one's in the playoff i would say yes yes wire to wire number one more than likely unless like somebody's really like if they have a slip up and somebody else impresses but still at the same time i think it's wire to wire number one uh who is your heisman finalist i know i just picked alabama to make it to the sec title game but i think i'm doing jay jane daniels here i know i have the bet and i already i have the bet on perkins but the odds are obviously like astronomical. There really isn't a guy though that jumps off the page. Like what guy at Bama is really gonna just unless Ty Simpson, if he's the guy, just blows everybody away having that five star pedigree. But nobody on Georgia is gonna. I think everybody's just good, and it kind of levels it out. I beg to differ. The person that I am picking for my Heisman finalist, very very big outlier. No way. Brock no way. Bowers. It's not going to happen. See, it's I thought gonna about happen. it. It's not going to happen. It's going to happen. I think that Brock is a, he's already a big name and on like I know it like quarterback is going to take a lot away from it. Dude, so much of his plays were after the catch. Like if you really look at his yak, he is like very close third to Marvin Harrison and Caleb Williams for the best player in college football this season. Very close third. I think that there's a chance that we have a tight end as a Heisman finalist. It could be, but I think the numbers that he would have to put up are might be. But now here's the plus side. He does get work in the running game. Yes. So you would have to score a lot of touchdowns. Dude, Heisman voters are stupid. I know exactly. That's why I don't. Fuck it. Why Maybe not? a storyline kind of pick there too, like guy who's been there through everything. Yeah, I mean, it would be cool though. We've never. I don't. There's no chance we've ever. Had I mean, I'm hoping right? Stanford Steve gets uh, some votes because he loves the tight ends, but I don't think that's There's happening. No chance we've ever had a tight end finalist, right? I 
don't know. I don't know, but I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it, but hey, there's a fucking first time for everything. All right, who is your newcomer of the year? That would be Devin Leary. <laughs> fucking cop out. I feel like that is a cop out, but man. It, it's the same answer for me, yeah. though. I, I mean, think he has a chance to be one of the better quarterbacks in this conference, and I think he can really have Kentucky like up there in the stands. I think they're the third best team in the East. Yeah. 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 Who you put ahead of them? Yeah. No, you're right. I think, I mean, obviously we're very high on them, but we'll see what happens. But I think, uh, yeah, I don't think you're too far off. Uh, Georgia, Tennessee, then who after? Yeah. It might be Kentucky. Florida's not. South Carolina's not. Maybe South Carolina. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Who are you? You have, you have Larry as well. Yeah. I mean, top out. It's the easy pick, though. It's, it's it's such an easy pick, but it's like staring you right in the face. Yeah, 1,000%. So, Connor, next week is group of five. But, again, the group of five is not as dominant as it used to be with those four teams going into the Big 12. No, but if you really listen to this pot, that episode, like that's where you can make a lot of your money is with those lower-level teams that, like, Hey, they're going to catch these teams here and there, so on and so forth. So, this is where you could really make some money if you like some win totals. Yeah, so we're going to do the independents, group of five, and then, like, obviously we're going to hit the big boys that are still in the group of five, probably Tulane, maybe SMU, those mm-hmm. kind of teams, Boise yeah. State. And then we're going to throw in, you know, some of the other ones we like as well. You know what I mean? So, we're, we're super close. I'm excited. It's almost here. Uh, until next week, we're out of here. Peace! Peace!